0: Thanks for listening to the River City Church podcast. To learn more about our church community and how you can be a part, visit us online at therivercitychurch.org. Well, good morning again. We are so excited you are here for the first installment of our series that we're going to be going through for the next few weeks called Arrows. Man, we are uh, excited about this. We are going to talk about home life. We're going to talk about parenting. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about what it means to be a community, a church community, a community of faith that invests in the next generation, cares for the next generation, raises up the next generation. This is for people that are single, people that are married without kids, people married with kids. This is for people that are in the grandparent stage, aunts, uncles, all of us have something to pull away from this series. So even if you don't have kids in your home, do not discredit yourself from hearing this message from scripture. Um, just to be fully transparent with you, after Easter, for about two months before, I was planning on doing an Esther series. I've had this series on Esther that I've wanted to do for a long time. It was like, all oh, Mother's Days in the month of May. Perfect time to do a series on Esther. But um, one night, Nancy and I were just praying for you, our church family. And we just had this overwhelming burden for families in our church. And we just know that so many families go through so much stuff. And so, as we were praying, we just I kind of felt like God was like, Redirecting what we were supposed to be teaching about in this month of May, because it leads up to, believe it or not, summer is I think coming this year. Um, I believe it's going to be, and you know, and, and I know summer kind of pulls us in different areas and different different directions and distractions, and but it's also an amazing time to spend time with your family, to invest in your family, and so we want to set this foundation now before. The beautiful weather kicks in and you're not going to be at church as much. No, just saying that I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm not giving approval for missing church in the summertime. No, you're going to be here, but you're going to have extra time. So uh, to, to spend and invest in your family, because listen, this is our heart. This is our prayer. This is our desire for families in our church. That this family would be this. This church family would like would, would so just be an image of Jesus to be a people that show the, the love and care for one another that your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, your kids, your kids' friends from school, they'll look at you and with curiosity, with intrigue, and possibly even jealousy and go, man, I want what that family has. That we can shine the light of Jesus in such a way that others are going, I want what they have. I want what they have. I want the relationship that they have. And we can say, this is all because of Jesus that we're able to have these family relationships. And even as I say that, this this heart of this desire to to have a home that's focused on Jesus and a a home that is built around centering your life around Jesus, some of you are hearing that and and right away you're disqualifying yourself from the message. Because guilt and shame follow right ahead of saying, man, you've already messed up in the past. We've already been through this situation and this challenge in this situation, and my kids are grown or my kids are already making their own choices that are opposite of what I wanted for them. But listen, do not, do not listen. Thank God for his grace and his mercies are new every morning. Right? We, believe in a, we serve a God, a God of restoration, a God who restores things that were once broken and makes them new. So today is a new day for you and for your family moving forward. So matter where you are with your family life, with your household life, I encourage you not to miss these next few weeks as it's going to set a foundation. So it's going to be encouraging. It's going to be challenging. You're going to laugh some. You're going to be challenged a lot. There's going to be some points that you're going to want to nudge your spouse. You're going to want to say, ooh, that was for you. And other times you're going to say, ooh, that was for me, right? Are we all right with that? Are we right with getting challenged today? Who's up for a challenge, right? All right, so clearly we can see that we've got all these targets around here, and um, I've got a, a bow and arrow that my wife picked up from Geneva Garage Sales for me this week. Um, and so a bow and arrow, and the thing, I, I, I recall um, shooting a bow and arrow for the first time. I think I was probably 10 or 11 years old, a neighbor across the street got a whole new setup and all this stuff, and it wasn't one of these fancy compound ones for kids, but um, it was it was set up there, and... All these kids in the neighborhood were out there, and we were taking turns shooting. And I remember it was, like, my turn to shoot. And, again, kids everywhere. And there was this neighbor girl named Pamela that was just kind of annoying little girl. And, and she would not move out of the way of the target. She, like, kept on just hanging out there, hanging out there. And I thought, shooting for the very first time, I thought, well, I'm good enough. I don't even have to. I'm tired of telling her to move. And I just thought, oh, I, I'll miss her. I'll shoot. I shot that arrow for the first time, and it went off course and shot her right here. <laughs> Fortunately, it did not break the skin, but marked me forever of, of remembering when I shot a neighbor girl the first time I shot an arrow. But now, um, you know, now I've had so much more experience as an adult, and I saw end games last night, so I know how to shoot an arrow because I saw Hawkeye do it, you know, and like, so, you know, I have total skills nowadays of how to do it, right? And, you um, no, the truth is, just like a bow and arrow, just because you have one in your possession doesn't mean you know how to use it. And the same for the parents in the room. Just because you have kids doesn't mean you know what to do with them. Just because you have kids doesn't mean you know what to do with them. Right? How many parents in the room can feel like, man, we don't know what to do with our kids. Right? I mean, I remember... um, when Nancy and I got married, we were married about three years, and we were like, okay, let's, let's have a baby. Oh, yeah, let's have a baby. Okay, yeah, okay, let's start making plans to have a baby. And in our mind, we were having a baby, and we forgot to think about that that baby was going to grow every single day. That once you have that baby, that baby doesn't stay a baby. That as that baby grows, then comes, then comes tensor tantrums, then you have another baby and the baby fights with the other baby. And then there is school and you gotta get them signed up to school and you lose out on sleep and all these other things. And then you got homework. How many of you have had to deal with homework? absolutely horrible, right? And then they change the math and you can't even do homework anymore and you can't even help them out in all these ways. And like, it's like, well, let's have a baby and now we got to, they're not babies anymore. And now we got to drive them to this play date and drive them to this practice and they cost money and you got to buy clothes for them. And we just thought we were having a baby, but they're not a baby anymore. Anybody been there, right? We were just like, we didn't know we were getting into. We were like naive. I think that's God's way of like fooling us, right? Like they just have a baby, right? All right, <laughs> but thank goodness for the Bible. Psalms 127 is our key passage for this series, and it is just awesome of uh, Jessica. even read some of it this morning in our worship time. So it says this. It says, Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stands guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For he grants sleep to those he loves. All the parents in the room say amen. Whew. Sleep is an amazing thing, right? Especially if you're in that baby stage. He grants sleep to those he loves. So if you're not sleeping, I don't know. You got to work on your love with Jesus. Now, all right. Um, <laughs> sons are heritage from the Lord, children are a reward him, from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Are sons born in one's youth? This is a different version that's on the screen because it's children, all children are a arrows and are a blessing. It says, Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies in the gate. Blessed is the man whose quiver. Is full. This is a quiver thing for holding your arrows, right? Blessed is the man who has loud, noisy, messy-making kids in your house, right? Blessed is that man. How many of it says right there? It says children are like arrows. That's kind of interesting imagery, right? Have you ever thought of your kids as arrows? Have you ever thought of your kids as arrows? He's you saying your kids are like arrows, and. You as the leader of your household, you as the parent, you are like, you're like an archer. You are a warrior. You are guarding your house. You are, you are setting up the, the, the rules for your house. You're, you are like an archer. How many of you ever thought about being an archer? Like you want to be that guy. You want to be amazing archer. And maybe as a kid, you know, you see this? Come on, there's got to be someone. Why else would there be so many superheroes that their skill is archery? Put that screen up there. Look how many there are. You've got Robin Hood. You've got, you've got Green Arrow. You've got Susan from Narnia. You've got Katniss Everdeen, right? I mean, she doesn't miss a shot. You've got Merida from Brave. You've got Legolas. And you've got Hawkeye. Who saves the day? No, no, not going to ruin any. No spoilers for, um, no spoilers for Endgame um, this morning. Uh, so you've got all these heroes. So there's something inside each one of us that, that kind of draws to this. Like w- w- Hollywood knows that there's something about archery, something about being these warriors with this amazing shot. And, and so this is Solomon that writes this psalm, and he gives this imagery that now he's saying, like, each, each home is home of a warrior. And, and, and you have children that are arrows that that go there, so as we work through this series we're going to we're using the word arrow as an acronym and each, each, that's why you don't want to miss each week because each week you're going to get a new word for which one of these letters means and in all honesty we, we, we got a lot of this outline and these images from a great church called Fresh Life Church up in Montana from Levi Lusco It's been very encouraging, very inspiring so today in your notes, you can write down that a is for aim. Today is aim. We are going to aim. My first point as we talk about aim is that we need to see and we need to be reminded that children are a blessing and not a burden. Amen. Children are a blessing and not a burden. So it says, children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring are a reward for Him. from him. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full. You are blessed when you have kids. And I know every single day, every Monday morning, when you got to get back into the routine of getting them to school, you might not feel blessed. You might feel more of a burden of that responsibility that you have with them. But we also know that, man, with kids, life is great. Life is full. Life is full of of things you never thought would happen. And this is why you go on a date, and what do you do? You get away from the kids, but you spend the whole evening talking about the kids because they've changed your life so much. And, and there are moments when, when parenting can, because of the weight of responsibility, it can, it can feel heavy. And it can feel like this, this burden you have to carry because all we see is the everyday, the everyday carrying this out. And when, when you're there, especially if you're in baby land and you're in diaper world and you're in car seat world and all this. Like you, just remember this right here. Second, here's your life verse. Here's your life verse for this season. All right. right second Corinthians 4.18 says this. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things, but at things which are not seen. They will not be a baby forever. They will not need you forever. This is all you see right now. We look at things that are not yet seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. The things which are not seen are eternal. When we have children, we need to have this focus of eternity marked on them. That when they're given to our responsibility, to our care, we need to think about eternity for them. And it's really hard because we all know that in parenting, the days are long but the years are short right even this last week we had a couple over that has a little one and all the all the you know trying to our house is no longer baby proof and all this stuff and and Nancy even said, oh, just enjoy it. It goes so fast. I miss it. And I'm like looking at her like, what are you talking about? We were in that stage forever. Like it felt like forever, right? And she always thinks it went fast. And I'm like, no, no, no. So, so yes, the kids have, they have this weight and this responsibility. And they actually have also like a, an actual weight that comes with them. You have an actual weight. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I I see all the minivans in the parking lot. Like, you know all the weight that these kids carry. I mean, we're just now getting to a place in, in in our life that we've been able to take some trips without kids. And even when we take the kids, they don't take nearly as much stuff as you did at first. Like, that stuff that you carry with them at first is like, hey, we're going we to trip with Dan and Abigail. Jeez, my goodness. You got, you know, it's like, hey, we're going to go. We got to get the car seat base. We got to get the car seat. We got to get the stroller. We got to get the pack and play. We got to get the diaper bag. We got to get the toys that make the most annoying sound ever made. And we got to put all this stuff in the car. And you got to haul it with you wherever you go. And you got to be the last one off the plane because you got to wait for all that stuff to come to you, Right. And so, I mean, but the thing is that 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 stage does some of those some of you that are there, that baby stage. I know that nursery is full of babies right now. You're not in that stage forever. You're not in diaper changing stage forever. It does come to an an end. But I really shouldn't complain about diaper changing, because I'll tell you a quick story. Is when our first son was born, Levi was born, Nancy maybe just grew up in a very traditional home, she just had the assumption that men's restrooms, public restrooms, didn't have changing stations. And she just really believed that oh, they're not in there. And I didn't take the time to correct this false assumption that she had. I just let her going on having this false assumption that there are no changing stations in men's restrooms. And so this our, Levi's like nine, ten months old at this point. And, uh, you know, she's just going, and, and one day, we're getting ready to move to Portugal. And we're hanging out with some friends. We have, I call him friend loosely because he did wrap me out that day. Is um, we're, we're hanging out with them for the day. And, and Nancy's already changed Levi twice. And she's going for the third time. And my friend says, well, why don't you ever ask Damien to change Levi? And she goes, well, why would I do that? There's no changing station in there. And I don't want to change him on a dirty floor. And long story short, that day, I ended up changing that third diaper in the restroom. Now... Fast forward, honest to truth, we're living in Portugal. We have two kids now. And in Portugal, there are no changing stations in men's restrooms. And I had to convince her, like, I promise they are not in here. One day we're in this large mall, her and a friend are walking off, and Jade now is a little baby and had one of those. Blowout. You know, just those nasty blowout up the back. You can't like and and I can't find Nancy anywhere around. And so uh, I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta do something about this. And I got Levi and Jade both as babies here. And there's no changing station in there. And so I asked this janitor in my broken Portuguese of, Hey, where can I change the baby? And she she ushers me as a foreigner into the women's restroom with two babies to change a diaper. And there I am at the in the women's restroom changing a diaper. So I got karma, all came to me right there for years of skipping out. Anyway, all right. (laughs) All that to say that children are a blessing. They are a blessing, but it's easy to mix up a blessing with a burden because they are both heavy. Write that down. It's easy to mix up a blessing with a burden because they are both heavy. And parenting is a weighty, Responsibility. It is a weighty responsibility. God has given you the responsibility of raising children in the way that they should go. He has given you the greatest platform of influence into another person's life. And so many of us, myself included, we're desiring a platform, a place of influence. We want to be influence people. We, want, we read the book, How to Make Friends and Influence People. And, we're, and while we're reading that, our kids are tugging on us and pulling on our shirt, saying, hey, show me this. Teach me this. Give me attention. And we're like, no, hold on. I'm trying to have influence. I'm trying to change the world. And we're ignoring the child that is in our house. And that is the greatest place of influence that we have. Don't ever give that up. Don't ever give up that influence that you can have. Influence and that weight that we carry, that, that, to carry on more of that weightiness that we have, is that to add to that, one day your, your child, whether they're already here in church, or one day they're reading their Bible, or they come to church and they hear a pastor say that God is like a father. He hears God, Jesus, call him Heavenly Father. And then he hears that God's love is like a mother. Jesus himself says, Listen, Matthew 23 37, this is not on the screen. I have longed to gather you, to your children together, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. So God gives us this picture, this image of who He is, of the love of a mother, the protection and care and sacrifice of a father. That is weighty for us that are parents because depending on how you parent and how you lead your kids, you can either, they they can come to that understanding. They can learn who God is with great ease and understanding because of you or they can get to knowing God through great pain and difficulty in spite of you. And that's weighty. And I don't say that just to, to beat you up and just to try to have this serious moment. This is a, this is a weight that as, as a father you have to carry. And I'm going to bring it down to you. Like as, as a pastor in that role that I serve, I have to also show that to my kids. That they have to see that I am here as I am at home. To be that consistent. Because now for my kids, their image of the church is what they're going to see in me. And for you that are in leadership in the church, in your involvement in the church, your kids are going to associate what you do with church and how church is through your eyes. And it's difficult and it's challenging to carry that weight. Nancy always tells the story of she grew up as a pastor's kid. And she says, if my dad was not the same who he is at church as he is at home, she goes, I would have gone off the rails. I wouldn't have been able to deal with that if he was two different people. And that's tough when you live with people in the home because that's where we let our guard down the most and challenging. But for the grace of God, God gives us grace. God gives us ability to do this. My kids are getting it. Another funny story is my, my, my kids have a high standard of church. Um, just, just a few weeks ago, Nancy and I were discussing um, about someone I wanted to have come in as a guest speaker. And this person that we were talking about having a guest speaker is someone that we know very well. They've spent time at our house. So our kids have spent time with them and all this stuff. And so this overheard us talking about this. I won't write out which kid this is. And he, and he says to me, he said, well, darn it. They say to me, <laughs> they said to me, like kind of like in a worried look, they look at me and they say, so you're thinking about them preaching? And I was like, yeah, well, why? He's like, I think I heard them say a bad word one time. <laughs> <laughs> I think they got mad one time and they said this word. And so, anyway, so there you go. My kids keep a high standard of who's allowed to preach up here. So you guys can know that it's safe because they have a high standard of what they believe in, in church. So the children are a blessing, they are a blessing. And it takes, they are a blessing, but it takes great faith to keep on remembering that they are a blessing. That parenting without faith, man, it's, all, it's so easy just to see the challenges, the problems, the difficulties. But with faith, you can see this great thing that they have for them. Verse 5 says, blessed is the man whose quiver is full. Second point is, there are lots of arrows. Children are called arrows. There's lots of arrows Lots of different arrows, but only one target. Lots of arrows, but one target. In my research for this project, of this message, I did stop at Bass Pro Shop and went to the archery section and talked to the guys about arrows. And they, and, and, and I've come to hear that there are hundred and eighty, at least 180 different types of arrows that you can purchase. And different types of arrows you can buy. And unfortunately, these are not the same type of arrows that Green Arrow has or Hawkeye that some explode, Some have tracking devices. Some have all these other things. No, the, the, the goal, every single arrow has the same intent. To hit the target. To hit the target. They come in different shapes, different forms, and all this kind of stuff. And, but the goal is to hit the target. So... I have two friends that are here with me this morning to help us drive this point home. Jeremy and Jim are, are gonna come down here and help us see how this is. Come on down here, guys. You guys got your gear ready. So as they are, we are we are we are we're all three of us are our parents and fathers. And Jeremy has three kids, and Jim has two boys. So Jeremy has two boys and one girl. And so Jeremy and Jim are, they have different, come on over here guys, they have different personalities, they have different backgrounds, they have different passions, they have different skills, they have different strengths, they have different weaknesses, but yet Jim and Jeremy are both called to be parents, right? They're both called to, to, to lead their household, and God has entrusted them with children, with all of their different backgrounds, all of their different scenarios. And so we've got, we got uh, Jim here has, you got your two arrows here ready? All right, so Jim has, has two boys, and he's got Jimmy, who is a teenager, and he's a pretty cool kid. He's, he's, he's a good kid to hang out with. He's pretty calm, pretty, pretty, pretty easygoing, but, and then Lucas is quite different than Jimmy, right? Brynn's saying yes, yes. Lucas is, very, Lucas is the passion child. Lucas is the one that is, uh, you know, he's got a lot of funny stuff. He's got a funny character. So, but still, so is Jim. Here you go, Jim, back over here. And Jim still has two arrows and two kids that are different. So go ahead and take Jimmy. And your, your goal with Jimmy as children are like arrows is, what's, what's the goal of Jimmy is, as an arrow? Is to hit the target, right? So Jimmy, older, cool kid. Coming into his own is to, oh, well, pressure's on, Jeremy. All right. And then you got Lucas. Lucas is your second born. And uh, both of them have gotten baptized here. You guys have, are leading your family well. And, and, and the same goal as with Jimmy is the same for Lucas is to hit the target. All right. And, oh, there we go. <laughs> Well, Lucas might make it there. All right, <laughs> all right, Jimmy, Jer- Jeremy, the pressure's off. So Jeremy has three kids. Jeremy has Owen, who is his oldest, and Owen is a is a really smart kid and very very calm. Very, I, I like Owen. He he's pretty cool, calm, and, and collective, and he, he's a thinker and he likes to have good discussions. And uh, yeah, he he's he's a really really sharp kid. So the, your your goal with with Owen is to hit the target. Ooh, All right, and then they got number two child. Number two child's a little bit, little bit wiry, right? Owen is, I mean, Benny over here has got lots of energy, lots of, wow, just um, most staff meetings on Monday morning, we're talking about what Benny did in kids ministry, um, <laughs> but that's all right, but, but, but the goal with Benny, as wiry, as crazy as he is, is to... And then Jeremy and Heather were blessed with a sweetest little girl that talks in the softest little voice. Little Carolyn is just Miss Princess, Miss Sweet Girl. She wants everybody to get along, everybody to have fun, and everybody. This so goal with Carolyn is to. Whoo! All right, three for three. <laughs> thank you guys. Thank you guys. So. Different dads, different backgrounds, different passions, different desires, different things. But their goal is the same. Their goal is to get their kids to hit the target. So the $100 question is, what's the target? (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) The target is, let's let Jesus define it. He says this in Matthew 6.33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. We have all these targets, all these other places of possibly shooting at. But the first, primary, most important place that we're supposed to shoot each arrow is towards Jesus, towards heaven. Our goal as parents is to, get, to set our kids up for eternity. Our goal is to get them to heaven. That is our goal. That is your, that is your goal above all else is the journey through this life that they can know Jesus, that he can carry them through the ups and downs and the storms and the trials and all this. But the end goal is that they get to heaven. That is the flight plan. That is the target that we're aiming at just as a pilot. When he goes to fly a plane from this little airport over here, he has to file a flight plan. We're going to take off from here, and we're going to land there. And I say it intentionally to say a flight plan, because we set our flight plan. We set our, our eyes on a destination where we're going. Sometimes things happen in the flight that are unexpected, that are out of your control. We'll talk about that later on in this series. But there are some things that happen that, that, that take the course off, but you as much as your control is to have them shoot towards heaven, to go towards Jesus. That you make every single opportunity to set them that way. They have to come to a point someday in their life to decide if they're going to make Jesus the center of their life, if they're going to make Jesus their target, if they're going to make heaven their home. But you set that course as much as you have that influence, that platform in their life. I'm telling you, use this time that they're in your home to set that as the target. Because there's many other targets that will want to pull you away and distract you. And I'm telling you, if your child is to leave this earth before you do, or you see your child go down another path, you will not have peace knowing that you did not do all you could do to shoot them towards that target. So we got to have our flight plan. we got to have this focus. Joshua says this he becomes the leader of Israel right after Moses he says this Joshua 24:15 says but as for me and my house we will serve the Lord Joshua is making a declaration, as for this is my flight plan, this is where we're going, this is what my family is doing, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for the McCrink household, we will serve the Lord. Joshua is saying, hey, all of you other guys around, you can worship those false gods, you can worship those idols that were made by, by your hands, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And see, the thing is, you've got to make it personal, because I'm telling you, the moment you leave here, all kind of distractions are going to come and say, you got to aim for this. You got to focus on this. You got to get your kids doing this. You got to get your kids going there. And you got to start comparing it to the others around you. And they're going to start saying, Oh, we got to do this. We got to do it there. And we got to do this for our kids. And we got to give, give them this opportunity. And we got to do this. And we play this comparison game. And now the target is heaven. That is the primary first, most important one is getting in there. You got to know what you're aiming for because all these other voices will get you to point at other targets to get your aim off. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me in my house, we're serving the king that is the king of all. The one that we celebrated last year that last week that rose from the dead. We make him our focus. We are serving his kingdom because his kingdom has no end. All these other things on earth have an end. Our kingdom is it has no end. Our king is going to rule forever and we're making the choice today to serve him. Amen. So let's not trade the temporary. Let's not trade the eternal for the temporary. You go, oh man, that's nice. That pastor has passion. <laughs> but here comes the challenge. Here comes the moment that you're going to say, "Ouch!" Okay, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Because the truth is, every single one of us has a "as for me in my house." We might not put it in the words, we might not phrase it, we might not put it on our wall, but every single one of us has a "as for me in my house." As for me in my house, we will play soccer. We will drive as far as we need to go. We will spend as much money as we need to go. As we, will, we, will, we will sacrifice. As for me and me at my house, we will play baseball. We will be on the starting team. We will sacrifice. We will pay whatever it takes. We'll give extra hours. We'll take our kids out of church, and we'll make sure they play all the baseball they can play. As for me and my house, we will get straight A's because that is the most important thing because they need to get to college. They need to get to the ivory school. They, as for me and my house, we will be on the honor roll. As for me and my house, we will take over the parents' business. We will step into dad's shoes and run the business. doesn't matter what your call, what your desire is, what you feel in your heart to do. As for me and my house, we're doing this. Your course is set for you. Hear my heart. I'm not saying that sports, academia, family business, going after these passions is a bad, and, and having passions in your life is a bad thing. We just finished a series called Passion and Purpose. But our number one priority passion has to be about eternity. It has to be. I love how Levi Lusko said it. He says that each solar system gets one sun. It gets one sun, and we orbit around that one sun. And when we mistake another planet for the sun, the whole thing gets off. The whole thing gets messed up. The whole course gets off. You've got all these targets, and you need to focus on the eternal one. And I'm telling you this because at the end of your life, you will have regret if you don't. I'm not saying this to beat you up. I'm not saying this to hurt you. I'm saying this to save you hurt and pain in the future. Because we live in a society and our culture that idolizes kids, that puts them on this pedestal, that it's got to be all about. That's our new idol. That's our idol in the Tri-Cities, and the Fox Valley area is our kids. We need to make sure that we are aiming them in the right direction. C.S. Lewis says this: aim at heaven and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at the earth and you'll get neither. Kids are a blessing. Many different arrows, many different kids you're given. Each kid you got a parent different, but the target is the same. Next one. Arrows extend your reach. Arrows go where you cannot go. We just spoke about this a few weeks ago in our Passion and Purpose series, that day I had my skateboard up here, about that we want to see, and we believe that this next generation that we're raising up can go further than we have ever gone. That they can own their faith in a great way, that they don't have to go through the same mess and the same challenges that we have gone through that they can have a faith that believes for greater things than we even believed in, right? That they can have a faith that causes them to to, to go into their schools and change the atmosphere. That they can walk into their high schools and their middle schools in our community that are full of, of kids that are going through identity crisis, that are going through mental challenges, that are going through addictions and hurt and abuse and neglect from parents. That there are kids that know who they are and know where their destiny is and know where their aim is, and know that they're going to heaven, and they can point others there, and they can make a difference. We believe in our next generation. Ephesians 2, 3, 20 says this, now for him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that is work within us. According to all that. Next one, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has performed prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. As your kids know their destination, they will know their purpose. They will know their purpose. They will know why they are here if we slow down enough in our family life and our running around and that we get our focus not on the other orbiting planets, but we get our focus on the sun, on the center of it all, he will speak to us, he will show us, he will reveal even to your young kids what their purpose is from a young age. And they will be a light in a otherwise dark world. And that light shines in the darkness. Number four, they can't know what you don't tell them. They can't know what you don't show them. They can't know what you don't model for them. The, mo- the Back to that influence that you have, what is important to you, they see, because they live in your home. Nancy's most influential time on her and growing up in her home was that she knew every single morning that she- her mom was in her room reading her Bible. If she went up there, her mom was in the bed, Bible on her lap, reading the verses, reading the scripture, building her life. She knew that her parents believed it. It wasn't just something they talked about. Even to the point of like, in, in, in our house, we, we it's very tempting sometimes to sit down in the chair in the morning and, and its phone is right there convenient to flip through. But your kids, this is just a little, little thing to know. Your kids don't know the difference between you scrolling through Facebook and Instagram versus reading the scripture. So get a Bible out. And it shows your kids that you have the word of God leading and guide you. Technology is awesome, great, yes, all of that. But man, there's something about getting this out and letting your kids see that this is priority for your life. Yes, have family devotion. Family devotion, man, love family devotion, don't love family devotion. Let's be honest, right? How many times have kids gotten in fights during family devotion? How many times has someone fallen asleep during family devotion? How many arguments have come out like, man, we're supposed to be praying to Jesus, and now everybody's crying? Like, family devotions can be beautiful, and they can be challenging sometimes. Let's just be honest. Let's not have our only influence be in the time that we sit down quietly and read the Bible. It's an everyday thing. I love how um, Deuteronomy says it. Moses is telling them about how to teach the law to their kids. He says, verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 7, impress chil- them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Nowadays, we don't do a lot of walking, but we do a lot of driving. And it is amazing the conversations that our family can have in the car. As they're looking out the windows, there's something about like, they just kind of conversations can come up and you can discuss things that are eternal, things that are important. Maybe we come back from a movie and we're discussing what we saw. We just went and saw a breakthrough and we're discussing with them what that means and what they saw. We're, to, we're coming home from church and then and then at home you're sitting around eating breakfast and we intentionally have have information about missionaries and, and other organizations like International Justice Mission on the counter and we're sharing about like these, these people that were in slavery and why we give to missions and why we give to organizations and we even shared with them about the bombing that happened last week in Sri Lanka and these churches and that we tell them that like then these these churches that were bombed by terrorists they turn around and they said we forgive you and our kids are like why would you do that that doesn't make sense to forgive them and you start telling them that that's as Christians that we're called to do it's all right you find these moments to tell your kids about who Jesus is and what it means to follow him Don't give up your God-given responsibility to teach your kids. Don't give up your influence. I'm not saying every single one of us has to homeschool. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying we need to know what our kids are learning. When they come home from school, you ask them what they learned, what they're hearing about. Our kids have been, one that's in public school has been hearing about Buddhism and Hinduism and all this stuff. I'm like, sit down, open up. What, what are you learning about? Okay, how is that different from what we believe? Hey, what are you hearing about in science? What do you, I mean, we got to know what they are learning. Do not just give that away to someone else. Because there's plenty others that want to teach your kids. There's people on YouTube that want to teach your kids. Do not give that to someone that just makes a YouTube account. To make a YouTube account, the only qualification you need is to be able to make letters and numbers of a combination for a password. And then you can get on there and say anything you want. And you have a platform. Do not give over your influence. Know what your kids are watching. Know what they're reading. Know what they're talking about. Number five and last one is your stance matters. As you saw Jeremy and Jim up here shooting the arrows, how they stood, how they focused, being still. They weren't moving all around. They were still. And your stance matters. Where you stand, how you stand. Accurately, your feet planted. If we want our feet planted, we need to be planted. I'm going to say this. We need to be planted in the house of God we if, if we want to show our kids and we want to be modeled and we want to be encouraged ourselves of what it matters and what's important we need to be planted in the house of God we love for you to be planted here if you're not planted the River City Church if we're not the place for you help us let us help you get planted into House of God, that you can be encouraged, that you can be, that can be challenged, that you can show them every single day. Yes, we worship Jesus. Yes, we make Jesus the focus. But on Sundays, we come together with other believers and we worship, and we we are we learn from the Word, and we our kids come into kids ministry and they come to youth group and they see that they are not the only ones that are shaping their life centered around Christ. That they're not alone. That there's other people that believe as they believe. There's other people that are not chasing all these other targets, but have their targets set on eternity. They see that they're not alone and they're encouraged in their faith. We need the church. We need each other. And your kids won't get up and say, are we going to church today? No, they're not going to say, are we going to church today? Because they know that we are the church. That we are the church. We are God's chosen people. We come together. We worship. We serve each other. I'm telling like, it is amazing. I just want to brag on t- some families. Like, Michelle brings her girls here every single morning early. They're folding service guides. They're helping with kids. They're here. They're serving. They're not just watching mom and dad serve. They're serving along with them. James and Becky bring Owen and Olivia back there in the nursery, and they're serving as a family together. Owen and Benny, even though I was picking on them, and Carolyn, a lot of times they're back there. That fruit that you enjoy, that food that's out there, has been prepared by kids. So it's not just the parents serving. Yes, serve. Yes, show them that it's important. But bring your kids along and model that for them. My kids were in here yesterday organizing these chairs after we had a a different thing in here. Your kids are able to serve in the house of God, and it sets them up for that. Be planted. Be planted. Serve, get engaged. And I know some of you say, man, I've been hurt by church. I'm, I'm weary. I, I just don't, I'm not, too, I'm not too sure. Yes, we've all been hurt by church because it's people. People hurt each other. But as Christians, we forgive each other. We move on. We need to be planted because, listen, this life has difficult times, difficult seasons, difficult, difficult trials. And when trial, but if you're planted, if, you, if you're set, if you have your feet set in on word, God's Word, and if you're planted with Christians around you and encouragement around you, when that unexpected happens, when the trial comes, when the challenge comes, you are set up to get victory. You are set up to get victory because it's not like, oh my gosh, a challenge, a difficulty, an issue's coming. What do I do? Oh man, I better get into church. I better find some Christian friends. I better find some people to pray for me. I better. Dust off the Bible and get it ready. i got to read it because I'm going through hard times. No, if we have that founded already, our faith will not be shaken. We will hold true to it when we go through the most difficult stuff. Told you. We're going to laugh. We're going to be challenged. Sometimes we need to go, I need that challenge. Children are a blessing, not a burden. There's lots of different arrows. We're all given different kids, different personalities, different things, but only one target arrows can extend our reach, they don't know what we don't show them and don't tell them, and your stance matters. In a few weeks, we're going to talk about another thing that sets the course for your family, and one of the best gifts that you can give your kids is a healthy marriage. And also to go along with that is we're hosting this night called The Marriage Night with Francis Chan and the parrots, and so quick, I just want a quick promo for that, so you guys can mark this on your calendar for May 17th, so you can go to our website and sign up for that, it's going to be a wonderful night together that, I just want to get that on your, on your radar, to plan to be here simulcasting those great <laughs> nationally known speakers, it's going to be encouragement, we're going to laugh, we're going to have fun, we're going to continue to aim towards the target, and not get distracted by all the other things that pull us away, would you guys stand with me, I'm going to pray for you, and send you on your way, Lord Jesus, this subject of our households and family and parenting. God, as we said at the beginning, some of us feel shame right away. We feel like we've messed up too far. We've already set habits in. We've already made the mistakes. God, I just ask that you would speak to that person that's feeling like it's too far gone and give them new hope, new vision, new purpose, Lord that you are a God of restoration, Lord. You're not one that gives up on us. Lord, that you continue to help us draw the bow and aim it towards eternity. Lord, I ask, Lord, that for those that have adult children or, or even teen children or others, Lord, that are, that are prodigals, that are kind of going their own way, Lord Jesus, Lord, I ask that you, through prayer, through, through caring for their kids and pointing towards you, Lord, that you will restore the years the locust has stolen. Lord, that you will bring back those hurts, those those pains, those things that have happened, those conflicts, Lord, that you can bring healing to those. And God, in our world this week, as we go from here, in an hour when we leave from here, there is going to be distractions and things that are calling us to put our focus elsewhere. Lord, we ask that you would help us to keep eternity in mind when we are raising our kids God, that we would see, that we would focus on those unseen things and not be so, not not be willing to trade that for the seen things, for the temporal things. Lord, that we set our gaze on eternity. Lord, that each one of us as parents would see our rightful call, Lord, to lead our families. You have given us this responsibility. Help us to carry this blessing. Lord, it it is a blessing, Lord, but it is a heavy one to carry, Lord. And, Lord, we want to model it well. Give us grace. Give us patience. Give us strength. Give us the ability to say we're sorry and ask for forgiveness for our kids when we mess up. And, Lord, let that be the most beautiful model we can give. So, Lord, we ask for you to lead us and to guide us and continue to grow us and mold us this week, Lord, as we do want to aim towards eternity. And, Lord, I pray for those in this room that just they don't even know about eternity. They're not even set there. Their eyes are not focused there, Lord. Lord, I pray for those in this room, Lord, that they would have a new, revived relationship with you. Lord, that you would set eternity in their hearts first, that you would set their focus first. And Lord, we ask for your blessing on them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for being here. Our prayer team, yes, our prayer team is going to be over here to pray with you. You guys have a wonderful week and we'll see you back next week as we continue our series on arrows. Thanks for listening to the River City Church podcast. We'd love to hear how God is using River City Church to minister and impact lives. If you have a story to share of how God is moving in your life, send an email to amen at therivercitychurch.org. If you'd like to support our mission financially, so we can continue to share messages just like these, you can give online at therivercitychurch.org/give.